Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Just For Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today is July 12th, 2023. On this week's episode, I have three very special guests. First up is supermodel Ashley Graham. She stops by Just For Variety to talk about hosting HGTV's new Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. And she looks back to a few years ago when Mattel released her own Barbie. Wait till you hear what she asked the toy company to be on her doll. Then I have a joint interview with Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. The engaged to be married actors talk about theater camp, their new hilarious performing arts camp documentary. We talk about working together, their favorite and not so favorite musicals, and so much more. I'll be right back with Ashley Graham, but first let's take a look at this week's Just For Variety column. If you haven't seen Joyride yet, please do, but be warned, it is raunchy. The film stars Ashley Park as Audrey, an attorney who travels to China on business. Joining her are friends Lolo, played by Sherry Cola, Deadeye, played by newcomer Sabrina Wu, and Kat, a Chinese soap opera star played by Oscar nominee Stephanie Hsu. Could a follow-up film already be in the works? Sabrina has a pitch for a sequel, Shu tells me. We all go to Turks and Caicos for Kat's bachelorette party, and somehow we end up in Antarctica. Can you see it? I can. They're in bathing suits and sliding on icebergs with penguins. In other words, let the Joyride cinematic universe begin. Check out more Just for Variety stories and exclusives at Variety.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Ashley Graham is a trailblazer of the fashion world. A plus-size model, she made her debut on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue in 2016. It was that same year that Mattel released a Barbie doll in her likeness. She reunites with Mattel as the host of the new HGTV design competition show, Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. I caught up with Graham over Zoom video from her New Jersey home. We talked her recent Italy vacation, becoming a Barbie doll, and her very viral interview with Hugh Grant at the Oscars. Here's Ashley Graham. 
Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. You're in vacation mode. You're not supposed to be working. No, I'm I'm actually at home now. You are. Okay. Yeah. I I know it looks like maybe I'm like still on vacation, but you know, that's the the beauty of Instagram. You can say and do whatever you want. <laughs> Italy looked incredible. Oh man, I had the best time. We went to the south of France and then we went to Italy and I have to say probably one of my top three best vacations I've ever taken with my husband and my friends. Why is that? First of all, I never have slept on a boat before. I mean, I could say boat, but it was a yacht. It was, <laughs> it was huge. It was beautiful. And that was an experience within itself. And then I was on the boat with some of my closest friends and no kids like disconnect I wasn't unreachable, so I got to check in with the kids, but I also just got to like let loose and have fun. And then, and then we just hopped on over to Italy and had a couple jobs and it was like, I got to chill and make money. Hey, that's a nice (laughs) life, Ashley. That is a nice (laughs) life. So that was fun. I tried to have a Beyonce moment. You know, that photo of her jumping off of the double decker yacht. she's like midair we did not have a double-decker yacht we were like we were on a very small yacht I I just want to preface that but um I got to the side of the boat and I was like I can't I can't do it I just cannot do it I really wanted to have that Beyonce moment and sure enough the next day Daily Mail is like I'm on the side of the yacht looking down and I like have fear on my face and I was like Dang it! I missed my Beyonce moment. They could have caught me, and I should have just done it. Ah! <laughs> I was just enthralled by all the food pics. That. Oh, yes. I mean, what was your favorite dish you had in Italy? You know, in Italy, you can't go wrong. So Justin's grandmother is Italian, and he found this whole side of the family in the south of Italy and Reggio Calabria. By the way, I'm outside and I'm, you might hear birds and frogs and a random airplane. And I'm so sorry. Okay. So I know this is a podcast. Everybody, I'm outside. Forgive <laughs> us. Um, I know how these things go. You'll hear about in the comments. <laughs> so he found his family in the south of France. And so now, in, or south of Italy, they live in Reggio Calabria. And now we, we try to see them every summer and it's that food in Reggio Calabria, specifically in this little beach town called Sheila, where they have the most un, un just describable food. And it just really goes to show like, oh, that's what a tomato tastes like. That's what meat is supposed to taste like. Like our food in America is so processed and so full of chemicals and genetically modified and just pumped with crap that you forget sometimes when you go to another country what something's really supposed to taste like. So I have these like mini orgasms in my mouth every time I go down there and I just, my eyes close, my head cocks back and it's like, oh. And it's so good, but it had to have been the cannoli. You know, the, what happened was there's this little guy on a scooter that comes by in the morning and it's like, beep, beep. And he's got a bag of something. And I'm like, I say to the dad, like, what is that? And he has to use, we have to use Google translate with each other. Like who cares? And he's like, oh, that's, 
that's the cream for the cannoli. Like it just came from a milking goat, a goat, like a mother who was milking like, like last week and they just made it and we have to eat it today because it will be bad tomorrow. And I'm like, count me in. I'm here for it. I'm having three. Oh, cannolis. I mean, when I was in, I grew up in Queens, New York. Ah. Uh, Italian neighborhood. It was half Jewish, half Italian. And at some point, for some reason, I got a job at an Italian bakery. The baker was like, I want you to be my apprentice and I'm going to mentor you. You got to be here every day at 4 a.m. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> but um, there were tubs of the cannoli cream in the back. Oh. And actually, I would literally sit there and scoop it with my Oh, Oh, you put your grimy little hands in there? I was 14 years old. Who cares? Before people had like health checks and all that okay. stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and just ate it like it was just like bread. All that cream. Mm. No, there's nothing like Italian food. Like, I just, I wish I could live there full time. But, you know, maybe one day. Maybe that's where I'll retire. Well, let's talk about living in a house. Great segue. Tell me about the show, Barbie's Dream House Challenge. How did it all come about? This is this is so exciting because I've never been a part of like a makeover house show. Um, and and also I've done so much renovation in my own personal <laughs> life that I hate it. Like I'm at a point where I'm like, if I have to see one more dump truck sitting in my driveway, like I'm going to go ballistic. But this was so much fun because it the full nostalgia of Barbie is, is like undeniable for anybody, especially that grew up with Barbie. And um, Barbie in 2017 made a, I actually, I'm sorry, I have to play show and tell. I brought my Barbie to work <gasps> today. Isn't she so cute? Check out, she's got hips and butt and thighs. She's got a little- Amazing. Hey, Mark, how you doing? <laughs> they even did my hair like the same way. But this is the actual Barbie that was made in 2017. They just changed her outfit for Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. And throughout the show, you're going to see like little special Ashley Graham Barbies in different outfets. So that's fun. So, so HGTV was like, I think that they were thinking, oh, Ashley Graham has a Barbie. Maybe she should host this show, even though- what does she really know about making over a home? That doesn't matter. They have all the all-stars and all the experts from HGTV, thank God. And I'm just sitting there like in amazement that each room is now completely transformed into an era of Barbie. 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, Barbie's closet. Bar oh, Ken. Ken has a den, which... Never has that happened, but on this show, it gets to happen. <laughs> and then Barbie has an office also. I'm sorry. It's, I, I live in New Jersey. I, I live by Newark. So you know, I, I honestly don't hear anything. So don't worry. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. So, um, so it's just, it's so fun. Oh, and they do the, in the exterior of the front of the house and the back of the house. And it's, as you're watching it, you're like, oh, I remember when they put that in. I remember when that of the dream house was built. I remember that era of those clothes. Like it just starts all clicking with you. And it's such an incredible show. And the most exciting thing I think 
for the whole show is that there is a fan connected to each group um, mm-hmm. or each couple that is changing each room. And whoever wins at the end, that fan gets to stay in the Barbie dream house on a vacation. So it's very exciting. Yay. Did you Did you want to stay there, Mark? Come on. You know, listen, I'm all for colors. I mean, look at me. Um, I just, I feel like I'm getting a little sick of pink right now. <laughs> it is definitely the color of the year. I mean, in LA, the bus stop benches are all Barbie pink. Yes. I mean, the premiere is coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sick of pink? No, I'm not. You know, I live in a household of boys and like my husband is like, he's got army this and army that, you know. So if I have a moment to just geek out and get real girly and wear pink, look, oh my God, these are my AirPods. This is my AirPod case. It's my Barbie AirPod case. Like I kind of go there because I'm also like, I'm very much a tomboy. So, you know, the red carpet is a moment for me to be very girly and dress up and da 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 So, no, I'm not sick of pink. Come on. Take me back to the day when Mattel came to you and said, we want to do an Ashley Graham Barbie film. I was shook. I, I couldn't believe it because growing up, there was never a Barbie that looked like me. I mean, except for brown hair. Right. And, of course, she was the one that I always gravitated more towards because I looked like her. Um. But then when they said that we want to do an Ashley in your likeness. And so when they said in your likeness, the first things that came to mind was thick thighs, lower belly fat, round arms, cellulite. And I got to do everything except for the cellulite, because for whatever reason, it would have looked or maybe it was too hard to figure out how to do that with like the computer. I have no idea. And you could then, they then added this curvy Barbie, but it wasn't like, hi, curvy Barbie. It was just Barbie. Just Barbie, yeah. It's just Barbie. And it and it didn't even have to be Ashley Graham Barbie. Like, it's just, this is Barbie. And, and that, to me, just felt overwhelmingly beautiful because now I know, not only from the work that I've been doing, but now there's other people that are saying, okay, we're going to continue this work with you and we're going to, we're going to implement in the lives of young girls and boys that it doesn't matter if you fit this stereotype. You can be, you can look any way and still feel good and be successful and have the things that you want. How has that changed? Listen, you've been in the business for a few years now. You obviously, you know. You too, Mark. I know, I know, I have. But they use the word trailblazer for you. Yes. Um, what does that trail look like right now um, in terms of body acceptance? We hear a lot of people talking about it. We do see things happening. Yeah. How has it changed and how hasn't it changed within fashion, Hollywood, or just, you know, society in general? I think to answer that question, I mean, it's complicated, right? Like yeah. like any any kind of change, anything that comes with something that that has to make people think outside of a box, there comes this complication. And I, if you go back, and I started my career when I was 12 years old, I'm 35, I've been doing this for 20 something years. And 
when I go back to when I was 17, 18 years old, and there was only one curvy plus size, whatever you want to call her full figured model that had her moment. And it was just one a year if we were lucky. Mm-hmm. And all the other girls were like labeled like the catalog girls. And like, they were not given editorials. They were not given coverage. You did not see them in TV. If you saw somebody in TV, she was, you know, on a diet. She was doing like some kind of like, it was a product placement because she didn't like herself. And now fast forward 15, 20 years later, we're seeing different bodies. We're seeing different shapes. Like, you know, it's, it's, it is now starting to become more of a norm to see people unretouched and to see bodies jiggle and to talk about the fact that being a certain size doesn't, you know, it doesn't equate to health. Those things are exceptional. And I'm so grateful that the industry finally has caught on, but I still think that there is a huge lack in a, a an idea of good, not good, a, a lack of actual diversity or inclusion really, I think is the word because you can't just have one. You can't just have one type of body per season and say, oh, I did it, hip, hip, hooray. There's there's this thing in fashion called grading. And when you're making clothes and you're pinning it on what normal, like what a sample size girl is, which is like usually a size two or a four, depending on the designer, you have to understand that as this body gets bigger, fat is distributed in different places, bodies are created differently. And so grading means that your darts are going to go into different places. You're going to nip and tuck or your seam's going to be different. And designers aren't necessarily being taught what grading is in school. Mm-hmm. So they don't know how to create clothes for bigger bodies. Therefore, they're not creating clothes for bigger bodies and it costs them more money. And maybe they think it makes them look bad or whatever. And I think that's really where we're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. But I think because I have always come from a place of being very hopeful and my glass is always half full. I'm just amazed at how far we've come. And that's what makes me so happy because there is now a path that young girls do not have to go down that I did for them, that some other women did for them. And they don't have to have their stretch marks and their cellulite retouched out, you know, in in front of them on a computer by a man who thinks that that is ugly and not beautiful. They don't Mm -hmm. have to go through that. So I got it. I got a thick skin. Let's just move on to the next chapter. Mm. Is there a job that you really, really wanted? And it was like, nope, we're not going to go there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of jobs that I really, (laughs) I think that there's been jobs that I really wanted that they didn't go there because of my size or because I, I wasn't good enough for them or, um, maybe I was a little bit too loud or too chatty. I don't know, but I think that that comes with the territory with any kind of job, you know, and, and that's what you have to learn in, in any industry. It doesn't matter what you want to do and and where you want to go. I mean, Mark, how many times have you been told no, right? This yeah. is a part of of what we are are when you're trying to get to the top and you have a goal and you're trying to you're trying to get to that goal, there's going to be people that say no all the time. But it's a matter of how do you handle it? What are you going to do with that no? And how are you going to how are you going to just bulldozer through? 
and you know how to handle things. As we know, you went quite viral at the Oscars. Uh, uh, you know, you know, Mark, I knew because I said hi to you. I screamed what my favorite movie was to you. <laughs> and I said to my team, I was like, he's going to talk to me about it. I know he is. He was right there. He saw me. He didn't I know what happened yet. Beautiful dress. Your gorgeous <laughs> dress. Thank you. Thank you. Have you heard from Mr. Grant? No, I haven't. But that's okay. I don't need to. I, I don't feel any kind of way about it at all. I really don't. I, I honestly didn't even know that it was a thing until it was a thing. Well, that's the thing about going viral. You don't know it's a thing until it's a thing because that's happened to me and something will go viral. I'm like, what? Like you're not in the in the moment, you're not thinking that. No. And you know, you have interviewed thousands of people, right? Yeah. And when you're interviewing someone and you're hoping that they're just kind of like on the same same vibration as you, like, you know, you know what I need. I know what you need. Like, let's get this party started and let's get it to end because like we all have our job to do, especially on a live red carpet. But I just, you know, the vibrations were not there. <laughs> that happens. It happens. And you know what was great is that TikTok took over for me and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> or not TikTok, Twitter. Sorry, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to do it again? Do you want to do more live hosting like that? It's fun. Doesn't it have, like, you kind of have a rush, right? Oh, yeah. It's an adrenaline. It's a high. It is. It's really fun. Afterwards, I was like, I need a shot of vodka and a slice of pizza and some ice for my feet. Like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, when you realize talking to, you know, when I talk to women who are on the carpet, most of the times they're like, I don't need to be wearing the shoes that I wore because no one's seeing them. Ever. That's the problem. You know, <laughs> the reason I even wore those shoes was because I thought, that they were going to pan up and down and then maybe you'd see my feet, but re they don't care about you when you're interviewing someone. Like, you know, I got my moment on the red carpet and it's like, you're done. On to the next, honey. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not, that's great. Next time I'm wearing slippers. I don't care. Or, or I'm going to wear Crocs. I love my Crocs. Let's go back to the dream house. If you could have, who is your dream guest list to have overnight stay in your dream house? Who would you love oh. to have a summer party with? Okay. Well, I think that my kids, when they walk in, would just, they would screech. Because, I mean, it's it's just like, it's a party in there. You literally walk in and it's a party. I can't wait for you to see the whole thing because it's so cool. So my kids would have so much fun, but they would be on 10 all the time. Um, I would definitely have to have, I would have to have like my peeps, my main peeps, the peeps that like, you know, my rider dies. And is there a way to transform Barbie into like real life and just snap your fingers and then like have her like partying there with you? I don't care about Ken. I just want Barbie. I, I mean, listen, there's plenty of Barbies in the new movie. I know. You have Margot Robbie, Issa Rae, America Farrar. <laughs> I, there's so many. I think it's going to be such a good film. Have you, you haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen it yet. No, no. Same. Same. It's wild. Um, do you now live in your dream home? Are you settled where you are or are you thinking? Cause I, I know, like you said earlier and on your Instagram, you're like, one day I want to call Italy home. Yes. Yes. I really do. You know, I think about retirement a lot. 
I get it. But it's important, right? Like, I mean, I think I think there needs to be more people preparing for the future than we than we have. And one thing I wish I would have learned more in school was about investments and how to save your money and have your wealth grow, which is a big thing that I've done for myself in the last 10 years. And, you know, just having understanding like wealth management and, and venture capitalists and all of that. I mean, it's, it's a whirlwind. So when I think about that stuff, I think about where do I want to settle? Where do I want to have, you know, a place? And so, yes, it South of Italy is definitely that. But um, when I found out I was pregnant with the twins, I realized having three kids in New York City was going to be quite the challenge. Yeah. So we decided to look outside and now we're in Jersey and I love it. I, I really do. We found this beautiful home. It's, oh, a, it's two acres. There's yeah. a house for my mother to live in. So she doesn't have to be under the same roof as us, which I think she's more happy about than I am. <laughs> And, um, and it's great for the kids. They can go outside and I don't have to worry about where are they. And it's very similar to how me and my husband were raised. You know, we didn't have like this much land. Um, but, but it was that idea of just like going outside and coming home when it's dark. And, and I miss that. I miss that for my, I miss that when I was pregnant thinking about what are my kids going to do? How are they going to get raised like me? How am I going to do this in the city? What does that even mean? Like, I mean, you get it. You were raised in Queens. I think about you're probably on the train at 11 years old by yourself. A train, a train. <laughs> like it's like, and you think about that now and it's like scary as a parent. Well, Ashley, this was so great. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, I'm glad I got to see you, Mark. No. Oh, and I'm actually kidding. talk to you instead of like screaming. screaming. At the car- no, Mark, I don't want to talk to you. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Not terrible. You had a you had a job to do. You had a job to do. It's the Oscars. It's the craziest day of the year. I know. I know. It is. It's what's so the next? What's the next thing for you after Dream? After the premiere? Oh, there's another another show I'm gonna do. That's gonna be really fun. That you're not allowed to tell me about. I can't tell you about it. Dang it! You know, it's these. It's like you sign all this paperwork and you can't say anything. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably talk about it yes. in a couple of months. I would love to. This okay. is awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Bye, care. honey. Bye. That was Ashley Graham. Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge premieres July 16th on HGTV. We're going to take a short break, but when we return, I talk to theater camp stars Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Tony winner Ben Platt and his husband-to-be, Noah Galvin, star in Searchlight Pictures' Theater Camp. Directed by Molly Gordon, she also co-stars in the movie, and Nick Lieberman, Theater Camp is a Christopher Guest-like mockumentary about a performing arts summer camp on the brink of closing. I've talked to Platt and Galvin over Zoom video from their New York City apartment. Listen in to hear what they have to say about working together, their favorite and not-so-favorite Broadway musicals, 
Gordon's work on the bear, and so much more. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, I've already told Noah, Ben. So I was a stage door manor wannabe. Me too. Um, and after I saw theater camp, I tweeted, um, my parents couldn't afford to send me to stage door manor, but now I have theater camp. Stage door manor tweeted back at me. It's not too late. <laughs> with a link to something and i don't know if it's like a link to the adult program <laughs> is there an adult program no don't tell me that yeah i'll go don't tell ben that you'll never book the lead mark <laughs> no i gave up on those dreams sixth grade tevya fiddler on the roof that was oh. my that was, that my was your pinnacle it was my pinnacle. It's all been downhill from there, is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much. I played a talking donkey once. It was the lead, because he's called the talking burro. Burro, of course. <laughs> yes, because that's real. That's nice. Um, and the lion in Wizard of Oz, day camp. Love. And then... What was it? No other musicals. Then it was just straight, straight plays. You know, I was. <laughs> why am I telling? Why am I giving you my bed? I loved it. Great place to start. Yeah, please <laughs> start it, with your resume, and we'll move on from there. The movie is so good. I mean, we know, obviously, us theater kids are going to enjoy it in a way that non-theater kids are going to enjoy it, but. What does it feel like to be compared to Christopher Guest? I mean, he's 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 the king of this type of movie. I mean, I think in, it's our wildest dreams. Like, obviously, that that collective, not just creatively and how brilliant that movie is and Guffman is, was such a huge inspiration, obviously, but also just part of the reason we wanted to make the film in the first place is to have a place to collect our sort of community of you know, funny, talented friends and give them a place to play and like give them autonomy and um, create this little collective of our own. And so I don't think anybody does that better than him. Totally. So that certainly is a huge inspiration for us, both in terms of the way we wanted to make it. And obviously, Guffman is one of our one of our beacons for sure. Noah, let's talk about um, turning it from a short film to a feature length film. Was there any thought of actually doing a limited series, an anthology series? <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there was a moment after we made Theater Camp the short, I think it really, in the same way that our producers were so impressed with the kids that came on to the feature to improvise and blew all us uh, adults out of the water. Um, we felt that that same thing working on the short with all of the kids that we got from my old high school PPAS. Um, they just blew us away and we knew we we wanted to do something with it. And, and so we sat on the short for a while before posting it online or putting it anywhere because we almost wanted to use it as like a proof of concept. And for a while we shopped around the idea of it being a sort of episode within a larger anthology series and after talking to so many people about it and after you know trying to create other worlds that felt as rich to us as the theater camp world did 
we just decided that if there was anything we were going to do, it should be uh, bringing this short to fruition and fleshing it out. And and um, we were just the the right people for the job. We all sort of came from the world of youth, of youth theater. Um, we all love it so much and it's so near and dear to our hearts so much so that I think we were the right people to also skewer it and make fun of it. Um, and yeah, I just think focusing on that universe made the most sense for us. And like in terms of what our, our collectives kind of like first time filmmaking for it was gonna be, it was like, we should really stick to the thing that we is the nearest and dearest and that we feel that we have the deepest understanding of. And we also just felt like with the short, that combination of this kind of like mockumentary um, sort of, uh, you know, sketchy reverend tone mixed with the world of theater isn't something we necessarily had seen in this way before. So we were really excited to be the ones to try to marry those two things. How did you, obviously, as we know, a lot of it was improv. So I'm sitting there as a viewer, as the audience, and I'm laughing hysterically at things, right? I am sure you guys broke, but then how did you just not stop breaking so you could get the final cut that worked without you just, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Well, the answer is there's so many options because we did do so much impro improvisation and a lot of us, me, especially me, like ruined like half of them by laughing. <laughs> so it did actually really help. Um, narrow down some of our choices because <laughs> yeah. I just simply had no clean takes of of like for example Molly explaining to me the different ways in which she wanted to help like loosen the kids up with like substances and things that just like didn't make the uh, didn't make them film for a number of reasons yeah, but for multiple multiple reasons but, but mostly because I ruined every single uh improv and punchline she had with the laugh so I think it was also a learning curve of like getting those initial giggles out but I think that's the, the feeling we were chasing is like those those 10 minute kind of like end of the scene free takes that people do in movies like Anchorman and Bridesmaids, you know, when you can tell that they're doing like their free run uh, yeah. take um, and everybody's holding themselves in at the at the monitor. Like we were like, let's try to make that as much of the movie as possible. And so, uh, you know, if there was a little bit of giggle to take out in the mix, that means it was a great take. Okay, let's have a little fun here because this is theater and we're giggling and that's all I want to do with you guys. Just laugh. Great. Okay. Noah, what is your absolute favorite Broadway musical? God, these are huge questions, Mark. And you're not allowed to say parade. Uh, favorite Broadway musical? Like, okay, one act that I've seen. One, <laughs> act two of parade. The last 10 minutes of parade. Um, one that I've seen, one that I like listen to the soundtrack of. Well, that's what I was going to, that was going to be my next question. What's your go-to cast album? Oh, so do just the show okay. itself first. Okay, okay, okay. Favorite show, Broadway musical is probably a chorus line. Oh. Mm -hmm. is, is that the cast album you go to also? No. What is it? My favorite cast album is The Secret Garden. Slash. <laughs> Shrek the musical. <laughs> Slash. <laughs> then favorite music. My favorite musical, Sunny in the Park with George, which is also one of my favorite cast albums, but I would also say Spelling Bee cast album. Mm. And I would also say Light in the Piazza cast album. Mm. If there is, 
if there is a diva you haven't worked with or haven't performed with yet, who is that diva you want to be on a stage belting out a number with? This is for both of you. Uh, any of them, I mean, Audra, Kelly. Patty. I'd love to just duke it out with Patty vocally. <laughs> oh, you're going to do like a not lip sync battle, a duke it out battle. <laughs> yeah, a duke it out battle. <laughs> do, do you have a least favorite show? Um, I don't know, one that's a PC, like, uh, a least favorite show. <laughs> we can't see that. Yeah, Hard. we're going to go straight to was that homophobic of me? Yes. <laughs> it's still pride. I once saw a, a, a sort of strange tour of Greece I didn't totally love. That's all I can think of. <laughs> Wait, so you did a tour of Greece? No, I saw sort of a, a re, like a, it wasn't even really like a national tour. It was like a kind of a regional sit down in like San Francisco. I forget where of kind of like, um, an interesting kind of bare bones grease and um the material didn't really hold up that well that would, that would be the only thing that comes to mind bare bones grease bare bones grease that's i want us now i want to see that show and i want you guys to do that in the next theater camp movie bare bones grease <laughs> bare bones um have you thought about a sequel where is everyone now I think we're still just so concerned with making the very most of this experience because we it we really can't believe how it has played out both in terms of Sundance and the way it was received and now the fact that Searchlight is like sort of our favorite caretaker of these special little gems uh, and and to be one of their roster and now to be in theaters. So I think we're just so focused on making sure that the right people see this movie and sell and you know selling it the right way and making the merit because we, you know, it was such a labor of love. So just really trying to get it to the finish line fully. And then I think when the dust has settled, we'll, we'll reassess, but I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there's more to, to mine in this world of theater camp. I don't know like what form that takes, but certainly. Maybe it's a musical. Maybe it's a musical. Maybe it's a novelization. <laughs> <laughs> Graphic novel. Graphic yeah, novel. Right. exactly. Superhero. You need a yeah. super extremely graphic. Yeah. No, you'll have the TCU, the Theater Camp Universe. That's wow. exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, ben, why won't you let Noah get a cat? Because <laughs> I'm very allergic. I went to an allergist recently and did the thing with the dots. Um, and I'm not allergic to anything outside. Contrary to my belief, I've always thought I had seasonal allergies. I do not. For the last three months. The last three months has I've been, been like, like oh, the dander, <laughs> oh, the pollen. Okay. Not even allergic to dust. See, yeah, this is the problem. The he was like, he was like, if you if you want a cat, we have to get a hypoallergenic cat. So like your only option is Sphinx. And I was like, no, that's sort of George. I was like, that's the opposite of what I want. I want to like cuddle and snuggle a little little hairy beast but, but we saw a cat yesterday and he was like it's hypoallergenic and it was cute and i was like no it's not it has fur it was cute though it was cute but there's not way there's no way that cat's actually hypoallergenic there are fancy cats we have a dog like as you can hear and he's listening to this whole conversation and he feels really inadequate 
And I told you could get a second dog if we're going to get another animal. Get a I, want a pit. I want a pity. He wants a pit bull. You want to go from a fluffy, cute cat to a pit bull? You have range. They're so loving. <laughs> They're so misunderstood. Hate the deed, not the breed, Mark. Wow. Wow, you got me already. You got me already. How did you not take the work home with you? How do you, do you, did you come home and you're, are you able to well, <laughs> I think that's, yeah, on this movie in particular, Molly, Ben, Nick, and I all lived in a house together about 12 minutes from the camp. And I think on a movie like this, when you have 19 days, limited funds, limited everything, so much goose poop on the ground, <laughs> a lot of mosquitoes. Children who can work for five minutes a day. A lake filled with a coli. There's no <laughs> real way to leave that space and know that you have to be back there in like five and a half hours um, without bringing it home with you. And when I, well, I think in a lot of other cases that could be unhealthy, I think it really like served the piece and it made it feel a little, that much more like camp. Um, That's what's nice about the fact that it was a film and then a small film is that it, we could really just like hit the ground running and stay completely inundated in it for those three and a half weeks or so and just give everything we could to it 24 seven and problem solve and pivot and make changes and panic and all that stuff and then you know, other than obviously Nick and Molly then went into the cave and, and edited it, but really in terms of the experience, just do everything we could and then let it go. Unlike in the theater where you're kind of stewing in it all the time and you have to really actively find a way to balance coming home and not bringing it with you. This felt like this is such a temporary like flash of a moment that we can really just live fully in it and then we'll be able to move forward. That's right. Nobody's sleeping and it's all hands on deck mm -hmm. at all times because making a movie like this is essentially creative problem solving mm. so let's talk about molly so she's writing she's directing she's starring <laughs> and then there's the bear like what <laughs> else <laughs> what else can she do can she do i mean from theater camp to the to the bear again i know i said you had range when it came to to animals but her range in acting is that's incredible yeah she's having a really amazing moment um, and I've seen her play all kinds of age inappropriate roles since we were like four or five years old. So I'm not that surprised um, to see she, it. She did tell me the other night at one point, maybe she was in love with you. And then obviously she realized that wasn't going to happen. Deeply, yes, right? She really was into me. Um, <laughs> I was definitely gay, um, but I, I liked her the best. She was like my best friend in the program. So I, I was like, I guess this is what it means when you like each other. So I gave her this like charm bracelet as like, a, we're, I guess we're going to date now. And she like freaked out and like told her mama, she's like, I'm not ready. And so I gave it to a different girl because she didn't want it. And instead, of, instead I gave Molly a picture frame with a picture of me and Molly and it. So I was like, here's a friendship thing. And then she was devastated. How old were you? Maybe like seven. Our friend Adam Eli Clock, um, after seeing a screening the other day, and something we've never really talked about, but talked a lot about in the sort of like creation of the thing, or maybe it just came out of like, you know, just organically, the organically, the, like the nature of you and Molly's relationship, but this sort of relationship between like girls and gay men and something that can be um, like unhealthy, codependent, whatever, but also very formative and, uh, you know, 
the basis for like a lot of personal evolution for a lot of people, I think. Um, sort of the great love of the movie in the sense that there is no sort of like romantic storyline. But that it, it is kind of the central rom-com great love is between this, this gay and his girl. And it's not about either of their sexualities really. And it's not about constantly being bitchy. I mean, it's about obviously their their issues and codependency with each other over many years, but it's just about the, the complication of, of their relationship. And it's nice to depict that uh, for sure. I mean, those girls in my life, those girls saved my life. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, I, think and I only I had even know it at the time. Right. All your girls are girls. All my girls are girls. I grew up, you know, in Westchester where like there was a large onus put on like sports and <clears throat> our theater was dilapidated and we had like four fields, you know, <laughs> of varying shapes and sizes, all very well manicured. Um, and so like the people that, yeah, my haven was like, my group of girlfriends that I was like playing make-believe with at, at lunch while everybody else was playing like a really intense game of kickball. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, kickball would scare the hell out of me and dodgeball, which is dodgeball homophobic. And I don't get these games. Dodgeball homophobic. It literally was my nightmare, like thinking that rubber ball was going to paralyze me. Yeah, yeah I, that's didn't, right. I didn't love that either. Although I didn't love anything having to do with PE or phys ed or having to change. No, I'd like go that. as far as to say like the lighting in any gymnasium is homophobic. That's right. <laughs> I was a kid who went to summer camp. And I don't know if you guys actually went to summer camp, sleepaway camp. You know, you're not allowed to call your parents for the first two weeks to get you adjusted. We I'm, weren't allowed to call them the whole time. I'm nine or 10 years old by week two. I'm literally going into the director's office going, if I can't call my mother, I will slash my wrists. <laughs> I need to call my mother or I'm dead. I mean, so dramatic. My mother. I get it. I was, very, I was always very, very homesick for almost I was, like, I was like, I'm not playing sports. I just want to do arts and crafts and ride horses. That's wow, horses. We had no, we, you had horses? There were horses. It sounds fancier than it was. We had like a pool and some grass, and that's about it. <laughs> we had a pool. There's a pool. Did you have a lake? No, it's in Ojai, California. Sure. It's just kind of like dry <laughs> chaparral and a pool. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Like dry, dry flower arrangements up in Ojai camp? <laughs> we did sports. We did um, like color wars. We did oh, color war. Oh yeah, yes. He did um, guys and dolls in Hebrew. That's true. I did do guys and dolls in Hebrew. Wow, that's sort of on the verge of Greece. What was it? Bare bones, Bare bones Greece. Bare bones Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Go that was another summer. Uh, this now. was better directed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if your wedding was going to be themed to a musical. What musical would it be? My gosh. Secret Garden is good. Yeah, that feels right, right? It Although you don't like... want it to be super lush, so maybe that's wrong. You want no, bare bones? No, that feels right, though. That feels right. Yeah, not very bare bones, it mean. Um, <laughs> that feels right, like lush, secret garden. <laughs> yeah, the main thing is that it's secret. The sort of like... Where does it take place? Like Northern England? Yeah, like the Northern countryside, I think. You know, somewhere beautiful that looks like that one Pride and Prejudice movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Howard's End. You get married at Howard's End. Howard's oh, End, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, today, I don't know if you saw the Supreme Court. 
has ruled in favor of the web designer in Colorado who said she didn't want to do a web design for a gay couple for their um, wedding. Um, no, we had not seen that, or I hadn't, had you? No. What do you think's going on here? Why, um, what's it's, going on? I think it's a distraction from things that are actually important and like the planet melting. And I also think it's just like the, the, the people who are losing clout's last rageful, like fiery, like this is not how it should be before they go away forever is my only hope. That's the only thing that can, that's like the only way to stay any kind of optimistic about it. Cause otherwise it's just fully going back in time and harming people for no reason. And just feels so backward, like so directly backward. I feel happy that we're bringing a movie like Theater Camp into the world right now. We have a bunch of kids in the movie of all, you know, varying shapes and sizes and gender performance and sexual, you know, orientation and preference. And I just feel lucky that we get to put these kids on and we get to tell a story where they just get to thrive. And it's not about, you know, I think like a in you know in the last like however many years a nice way to like win an award as an actor is like play the like plight of a gay person <laughs> or a queer person and like um, nine out of ten times it's a straight person doing that role but that's another conversation <laughs> but I, I i'm proud of the fact that this movie is not about the plight of anybody that it's just a pure celebration in earnest of you know what it means to be queer and just a, a community where there's so many different permutations of queer joy there's not just the queer character there's like different textures and types and you know they uh the queer people rule the rule the roost there yeah they're the they're the bullies there <laughs> <laughs> we were at sundance and luke islam who's a 16 year old who's in our movie showed up in one of the most fabulous outfits I've ever seen in like a full gorgeous beat with these like, you know, eight inch platform boots just came, just came in absolutely came like stunting. Yes, came correct and stunted on all of us. Um, but I was just so impressed. I don't think I have ever felt the confidence in my, in my own self to like show up as authentically as Luke did um, at our premiere. It was so, it just filled me with like joy and made me so, so proud of Luke and also of this next generation of kids that like don't really give a fuck. And that is amazing because I think we come from a generation that was taught from the generation before us and the generation before us were like, all of their friends were dying and they didn't feel that they could live authentically. And I think we, uh, kids in our generation still feel like small holdovers of that. Mm -hmm. um, and Ben and I were kids that came out at like 12 or 13, but we didn't come out at like six, you know? And I think as time goes on, kids just are starting to evolve like earlier and earlier. And I think that's, 
sick. <laughs> so Ben, what's more exciting for you? Getting married, having this movie come out, parade, or going to the White House? <laughs> oh, definitely the White House. No, um, <laughs> um, getting married. I mean, the, all of the professional stuff is wonderful particularly theater camp because we're doing it together and because we wrote it and we produced it and it's our actual, you know, kind of our first child together. Um, but it's just a different category to find your life partner and celebrate that. And if all of this were to go away, that would be okay. But if if no one were to go away, it wouldn't be okay. I mean, I loved all this. Oh, look at Noah, he's blushing. Um, I loved all the screen time you guys got at the Tonys. It was so how to find our we know how to find our lens. Yeah, you know how to find the camera, apparently. <laughs> but you know, speak to that, you know, like you were just saying, you know, there was there was obviously Tonys where there are a lot of gay couples that would not have gotten screen time, would not have gone to the Tonys together. That was one of the biggest things that I was feeling disappointed about when there was a moment where we weren't going to get to have the Tonys, which is why I remain so grateful to WGA for, you know, making a compromise and, and, and recognizing how important it is for the theater community. And I hope that we can return the favor by giving them the deal they deserve. But I think that I was so excited to finally get to go with Noah. And I remember watching Tonys growing up and seeing so many little, you know, Easter eggs and, and moments of, of gay couples and queer couples and feeling like, oh my gosh, like that's, I'm like that, that's like me and the excitement of that and seeing them, you know, all dressed up together and no, giving like each other like a little kiss when they were called for their name for the nomination. So I wanted to be that with Noah for young queer people so badly. So that was, I think the first thing that I really felt disappointed about not getting to do. So we, I feel so happy we got to do it. And also that we got to witness my director, Michael Arden's speech, um, which I thought was just, amazing and as gay as it comes um and to do that together it's really awesome yeah so satisfying and then he gets censored but you have tattoos that's right bingo <laughs> you really do your research <laughs> you just put everything on instagram mister <laughs> um that photo is just amazing. I just, I did not know you had that tattoo. Um, it was Many people did it. Many people did it. <laughs> so what's the next tattoo you're going to get? I don't know the next tattoo I'm going to get. Maybe his name in Hebrew on my leg. Or Greece, Bare Bones Greece logo. Exactly. <laughs> Something like, I don't know, Bare Bones Greece. <laughs> or Shrek the Musical. Or guys on my butt. Guys and dolls in Hebrew. Yeah, that's, that's good. Right. Ben, do you have any tattoos? No. Are you going to get any tattoos? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this was awesome. I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, I really want to promote this movie because. It's the kind of movie that I wanted to be in when I was a kid. Yeah, I was, so yeah. honestly, I'm like a little bit jealous of the kids. <laughs> will those kids, will there be a reunion of those kids singing at your wedding? I feel like <laughs> the last part. They I will know. be singing us down the aisle. Yes, that's exactly right. <gasps> 
that's a good idea. Write down the. <laughs> <gasps> uh, no, but there, I, I hope that there will be another performance opportunity at some point for them in the midst of the promotional. Totally. Push. The Oscars. Hello. From your mouth to God's ears. Not gone free in the wood. <laughs> guys this is great and uh hopefully next time i see you guys it's going to be in person no it was good seeing you in person then hopefully i'll see you in person the next time yes please i'm glad we got to do this thank Late you for guys. having us Bye. that was ben platt and noah galvin theater camp is in theaters july 14th and that's it for this week's just for variety thanks for listening I'll see you next time. Until then, make sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and now threads at Mark Malkin. And for all breaking and exclusive Hollywood news, go to variety.com. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.